celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And uh, Debbie has just run into the studio. Uh, she she does double work. She not only does the show, but she also is a practicing veterinarian. And one of these days she'll take it up for real. I don't know why she's still practicing. She's been doing it for 20-some-odd <laughs> years now. And she actually dumped over kind of a weird-looking drink. What what was that drink there? It's nothing that weird. I mean, come on, Hal. you got to get with the modern times. I'm drinking kombucha. Kombucha. I've never yeah. had that. Yeah, what, what is that exactly? So kombucha is um, a tea. Um, it's actually like an ancient brew of tea, and it's become real popular lately because um, it has um, active uh, bacterial cultures. So the idea is that it's good for your gut, it's good for your immune system, um, and it's got a little effervescence because of those um, bacterial cultures in there. So it kind of like my, what happened <laughs> to me is I was just getting ready and hurrying, and I grabbed it and opened it, and it just spilled and shot, shot out all over the carpet and everything. So, yeah, kind of got towels down and everything, trying to get it under control. Now, this yeah. is a step up, though. You used to come in with a Pepsi. I know. See, but I still miss the effervescence. So that's why I like the kombucha, because you know, I like the idea that you know it's good for my belly, too. You know, so. Okay. Well, we'll uh... Kind of like yogurt in a glass is the way I look at it. <laughs> yeah, I need to try <laughs> oh, some of that. Oh, it's better than that. <laughs> Do you drink it, Lori? I've had it before, and it is really good. What's yeah. it taste like? I, I, I'd ask for a taste, but I'm afraid, frankly. Does it, uh, does it have a well, flavor? They, it doesn't. It, it has. You can buy it with flavorings, so they they add like a little bit like beet juice or some fruit juice mm-hmm. and things. But um, and to me, it's kind of like I don't know. It's kind of like a, a bubbly Seven Up in a way. I don't know, but with a little bit of a <laughs> vinegar taste to it. <laughs> yeah, it's got a little yeah. earthiness to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A little vinegar. <laughs> I'll stick to my coffee over here. Uh, but we just got it cleaned up, so she's ready to take your calls. And if you have a question about your pet, uh, now's the time to call. Toll-free 1-866-405-8405. And, of course, you can ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Uh, coming up in the show today, this is really cool. We've been featuring people who have been saved by animals. They call it mutual rescue. And uh, the last one that we had uh, was a gentleman who was a little bit overweight. The doctor said he was going to die. Oh, yeah. He was quite a bit overweight. And when the doctor says you're going to die, that's not a good sign right there. This gentleman, he uh, adopted a dog and ended up working out with the dog, taking daily walks. And the dog saved his life. Today, we're going to talk to a serviceman uh, who was, unfortunately, part of a, a mortar attack in Baghdad. Mortar went off within 10 feet of him, and he had a little bit of uh, a brain injury as well as PTSD, and a cat saved his life, and we're going to find out his story coming up in today's show. By the way, if you uh, have been saved by a cat, a dog, a ferret, an iguana, whatever, we'd love to hear your story, too, and uh, you can always call us anytime at one 405 8405 Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we give you the news you need for your animals and for you. Just to feel good. Sometimes feel good news. Sometimes important news about recalls. It all happens at the bottom of the hour with Miss Lori Brooks. And what are you working on for this hour? Well, we're going to tell you about one place in the world where these these new laws are popping up. They're one pet per home law. Yeah. One pet per home. 
Okay. No, yeah. I like that. We'll just make sure you don't move there. We'll tell you where it is. And the best way to reach out to Dr. Debbie right now is toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. And let's go to Sherry. Hi, Sherry. Hello, Hal. How are you today? Very good. Thanks for calling. What's going on? Good. Well, my granddaughter had a Dumbo rat whose name was Coco, and she lived practically two years to the day. Wow. And, oh, okay. um, yeah, and I know they only live about two years. That's probably their max. But anyway, mm-hmm. she was very, very devastated, and we're going to get her something else soon. But wanted to know what uh, what Dr. Debbie thought was the best pet for somebody that's 11, that's kind of furry years. and fuzzy and cuddly. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, I'd have to say both young children and, you know, kind of the, the teen, little bit older kids, my favorite little fuzzy thing is really a guinea pig. Um, okay. And I, for a couple reasons. They do have a little bit longer lifespan. They're quite docile. And um, as far as handle handleability is is very good. Um, and okay. not that not that I don't like other species, but I think, you know, some of the real little critters like, you know, the rats, the hamsters and the gerbils, you've got a couple challenges. Um, would your daughter be if your daughter was younger, that would be one concern. You know, she's definitely in an age group where I think that would be appropriate for handleability. Um, some of those also have some nippiness, you know, with the, the gerbils and the hamsters, so you have to be prepared for that. Um, mm-hmm. But the lifespan of all those critters is, is not much. So, yeah, rats about two years, gerbils, you know, maybe get three to four um, hamsters a year or two. So they're pretty short lifespan, so you just got to be prepared what for that. What about but, guinea you know, pigs? How long do they usually live? They live a little bit longer, so about five years, maybe seven years would be kind of the longer end of things. So yeah, yeah. Then the stop time she was going off to, you know, college, and then that way she wouldn't be so devastating. Yeah, Yeah. and you know, they're still bunnies. Bunnies can make good pets. They are not for young children, Um, Mm -hmm. but um, you know, and they can have uh, you know great personalities, and they also live you know just as long, but you know even longer than uh, guinea pigs. So. Um, mm-hmm. But I just think that the the guinea pig is just such a winner. I guess maybe I'm yeah. jealous because I never had one as a kid, and uh-huh. I think uh-huh. they are like the most fun. Um, and they also, you know, they're great for teaching responsibility because they need to have mm-hmm. regular vet checks. So you know, I would say at least six, every six months, okay. a guinea pig should go okay. in to have a couple of things checked. Um, you know, if you're not trimming their nails at home, um, then you should be uh-huh. having that done at least every six months, uh-huh. but probably more often okay. than that. Um, yeah. The other thing we like to check on uh, a rodent exam is checking their teeth. Um, and guinea mm-hmm. pigs and rabbits have constantly growing teeth, like most of these critters, but they can have some dental problems. So we want to look in the back of their th- mouths to see if there's any kind of overgrowing of their teeth. Um, mm-hmm. So that also, you know, kind of teaches responsibility. But they're, you know, they're such fun little critters, and they come in so many different kind of colors and hairstyles. And mm-hmm. oh, God, mm-hmm. I think I would—that's well, what I would want. I would want to put a little bar red in their hair. Better than the Dumbo rat. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, that's perfect. Keep us and posted. We'll look for them. Send us pictures. Yeah, I will. Okay. I'll do that too. Thank Take you. Take care. Uh, guinea pigs—no uh, relation to any pigs whatsoever. That's just the name, right? They're rodents, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, no. And you know what? If if I call next week and say, hey, I got a guinea pig, you guys are going to know why now. Toll free, one 405 8405 I think Boss would like a guinea pig. 
you know, they sometimes, my dogs, when they come to the clinic, um, they get really kind of amazed with the critters that are here. So the chickens and the rabbits, um, the wildlife, all the things that we have. And they just think, I think they think, what the heck are they doing here in this little closed space? I don't understand. They're out <laughs> usually running around and flying out there. So um, they, you can see the perplexed look on their face. <laughs> this portion of Animal Radio underwritten by Science. You know, summer is here now. The days are getting shorter. And you're probably pretty excited about summer. But maybe your pet isn't as excited as you are. You know, for them, it could mean thunderstorms, lightning, fireworks, kids running around. Talk about anxiety. No one likes to see their furry best friend trembling in the corner. And that's where Composure Supplement Chews from Science comes in. And we are going to go to line three. Hi, Lisa. Hi there. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? Okay. What's going on with your animals? So last night, my dog, she was perfectly fine. And then when we went to bed, um, she started yipping like her bottom hurt. Hmm, And her tail's tucked. And she hasn't gone to the bathroom. She hasn't pooed or peed or anything. Wow. I'm very concerned. Okay. And so this happened all of a sudden then, huh? Is she doing anything um, as far as like limping or is she jumping up on her bed furniture? Nope. Nope. She wasn't doing anything like that. How about anything like uh, licking or scooting her butt, doing anything of that nature? No, I haven't seen that either. Well, I'd have to say the first thing that I think of with a chihuahua and um, that's having symptoms kind of to the back end with a tuck tail and seeming like we're uncomfortable and not really doing our normal things, not jumping, uh, not Mm -hmm. eliminating on the normal uh, schedules. The first thing that I would look at is really to look at her spine. Okay. Because I do commonly see um, chihuahuas where they can have problems with uh, disc problems, so basically with their spine. Uh And that can cause just kind of a referred pain to the the lower part of the abdomen and the, Uh the hind end. And um, because it hurts to go to the bathroom, they may not go. Right. Um, okay. And uh, your veterinarian can kind of get a feel for this by feeling along her spine and seeing okay. if she shows some reaction. But ultimately, they'll probably want to do some x-rays. And the okay. other reason I'd want to do x-rays would be to make sure that she doesn't have any problems with her bladder or her colon. Right. She, you said she's okay. not going. want to make sure she's not okay. blocked in any way. Right. Um, right. Okay. But, yeah, so okay. I do think that would be something I would really look at and see if we need to get this gal some pain medicine, at least in the in the meantime, while, while we're figuring okay. some stuff out. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. And, you know, and a couple of things you said, you know, not wanting to jump up and down and with that tail being held down. So yeah. if it is something with her spine, um, the way I always describe this to people is that, um, you know, for us, if we have a back problem, you know, we don't do much. We lay down. Right. <laughs> we just right, kind of right. stay put. Yeah. And dogs, you know, they're horizontal, their spine. So anything mm-hmm. that causes that horizontal spine to kind of move up and down at either end can cause pain. Right. So going upstairs or jumping on or off furniture mm-hmm. or sometimes even just lifting the head can cause pain. Oh, okay. So, oh, wow. okay. so, yeah, so that would be kind of on my on my concern list. So um, definitely yeah. get that checked okay. out and let us know yeah. how things turn out. I will. Thank you so much. Thanks for your call. Toll free 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the Dream Team. Uh, Don't forget you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android and BlackBerry. 
This portion of Animal Radio underwritten by VetraScience. Let this summer be stressless for your pets with the help of Composure by VetraScience. From Glycoflex to multivitamins, your pets will thank you for VetraScience supplements. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Those big, scary storms can be terrifying for your pet, and we know that when they're stressed, so are you. Take good care of your buddy with VetraScience Composure. VetraScience Composure helps ease anxiety for pets caused by storms, travel, and owner separation. It won't sedate them, and your pets will love the taste. Also, try our Glycoflex for hip and joint health, as well as multivitamins and probiotics. Find VetraScience supplements at your local pet store, Petco, or your vet. Learn more at VetraScience.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It is Animal Radio, my friend. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. You can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. And if you haven't downloaded it, Download it now. I'll tell you why. There, once again, another recall this last week of, uh, choose, rawhide choose. You will know about all recalls first because you will get notified through the animal radio app on your smartphone. And this is so important. And then you can also listen to the show too, which is, you know, semi important, but you want all that news when it happens, when the news breaks and you'll get it free of charge from the animal radio app for iPhone and Android and Blackberry. Uh, coming up in just a few minutes, Josh Marino. He's a former serviceman. I guess he's still a serviceman. He mm-hmm. uh, served time over in Baghdad and came back with PTSD, among other things. And an animal saved his life. And we're going to hear his story in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? Well, we're going to tell you about the growing list of companies that want you to work for them. So they're offering you pet insurance really cool yeah. oh yeah okay do we have pet insurance here i was do gonna we get say it? we don't, we get it don't. Here. no we <laughs> should hint. you don't yeah <laughs> hi jake how you doing hey how you guys doing very good where are you calling from um i'm actually in parker arizona parker are you driver yes i am okay you are on with dr debbie well hi um i got hi hi how are you great um, I got a cat. I think he has dandruff. Okay. Okay, and I brush him, and, uh, you know, I don't wash him or anything, but it just seems like, you know, the top of his back and stuff, it's all it's all flaky. I thought it was dirt at first, but it just, you know, it just keeps um, showing up, and uh, I'm okay. not sure what I can do to help him out with that. Okay. And is he, uh, does he come with you in the truck, or is he back at home? No, he's, no, he's at home. Okay. And, and do you notice any kind of problems with him? Does he seem to scratch excessively? Um, have any problems with those areas that you see the dandruff? No, huh? Not at all. Okay. Hmm. And um, does your kitty live inside or an outdoor kitty? He he stays inside. Um, every now and then he'll go out, out in the backyard for about 10 minutes or so. He just kind of sits on the porch and then he comes back in. <laughs> <laughs> kind of checks out things, looks around the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, just to get a little uh, bit of fresh air, and then, you know, he comes right back in. With the um, with the dandruff that he has on his back, is there any kind of hair loss? Does he have any patches or anything? Not any patches, but, he, you know, he's always uh, shedding a little bit. 
Yeah, well, that will never get rid of. <laughs> Not entirely. Right, but I'm, you know, I brush them uh, at least once a week. Okay. But uh, well, I'm hoping he, to brush the dandruff out, but it doesn't work. Yeah, and you know, a lot of kitties can get, um, there's dandruff, which will associate with a medical problem, and then there's going to be kind of what I call the typical kitty dandruff. And, you know, there are some real medical things that we look at. Um, you know, it is not an unheard of thing to have, uh, types of mites or little skin parasites that can cause kind of a flakiness. Um, generally with that, we're going to have a, a scratchy kitty. Uh, we're going to have a kitty that you touch that area and you run your fingers over in a little scratching motion and they're going to go, ooh, golly, this really feels funky. Um, so with those situations, we're going to have a, a more uncomfortable cat. Um, there are certainly also things like ringworm, which is actually not a worm, um, but it's a fungus um, that can cause some scaliness, some types of dry skin that we might see in those areas. But if I'm assuming all those things don't apply to your kitty, um, there are a lot of cats out there that have dandruff, and it, it can be somewhat a nutritional thing, and, and somewhat it is also just a, a grooming-type um, issue. Um, so if the kitties don't groom themselves very vigorously, and I see this in a lot of maybe chubby kitties um, or cats that just have a really dense hair coat and can't get quite through it, um, they will get kind of a flakiness. Um, so your efforts at home, definitely, I would maybe up the the, the frequency of your brushing um, to try to get in there a bit more frequently because when you use a brushing or a, um, a comb technique, you're actually spreading the natural oils around the skin and stimulating that hair. So um, that's a good thing, and I would try to increase your frequency on that. Um, the other thing which I would look at would be maybe using some fatty acids um, as a supplement um, to your cat's diet. And uh, it's sometimes a little challenging to get cats to accept this, um, but there are liquid forms, um, which are maybe a bit easier than a capsule to get down a cat. Um, but that can be helpful to kind of help from the inside out. Um, and fatty acids help to keep the hair coat in good condition and help to minimize dryness. Um, doesn't necessarily stop that shedding, <laughs> but um, that may help to kind of keep that hair coat in a little bit better condition. So I, I would really try the, those two things and, and work on that and, unless you, you know, perceive that there's some other kind of skin problem or discomfort there. Okay. So, so yeah, I'd say... Uh, uh, and, and are you able to do the the brushing? Uh, does Kitty sit for that pretty good? Um, yeah, yeah, I do it. Well, I do it once a week. That's when I come home. But um, you know, I'll try to uh, get my wife to do it. You know, a little more often while I'm gone. And uh, you know, and then I'll, I'll look for that fatty acid stuff, and, and uh, you know, see I'll maybe go to do you think like a pet smart or something would carry that yeah um you can either get fatty acids at your um, local veterinarian um pet stores um you know any of those type of places um and just it's a nutritional product um so uh it's usually pretty well taken um as far as uh, you know minimal side effects and, and it can really help so um and i'm an advocate for you know things that will help with the the least um uh, annoyance to the pet <laughs> and uh, the, the most ease for the pet owner. So give that a try and I hope that works out for you. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hi, this is Jeff and Tyler Ferguson from Modern Family. I'm on Animal Radio. Adopt a pet. Admit it. You love your dog, and he is part of the family. So when choosing your next vacation, 
Don't forget Fido. With just a little planning, the entire family can enjoy a road trip. To find the best vacation spot for Spot, subscribe to Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog, where each issue includes hotel and destination reviews, where both you and Fido are welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and find out what all the barking's about. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. Well, China may have scrapped its one-child policy, but now another Chinese city has instituted a one-dog policy. Those who own more than one dog will be required to surrender their furry friends to an adoption agency in that city. The policy also bans a number of what they term ferocious dog breeds, and you can imagine what they are. Owners are now required to register their pets with authorities, and anyone who violates those rules will be fined the equivalent of 60 U.S. dollars. Now, according to one report in The Guardian, the controls were implemented because more people are breeding and raising dogs in China these days, and that's led to an alarming increase in the number of disturbing dogs, you know, the noise of dogs disturbing residents. The number of dogs as pets in China has soared in recent years. Dogs in China used to be kept mostly for their skills, like herding or, you know, guarding property. Now, pet pups are considered a status symbol. But still, these laws are becoming pretty common as several other Chinese cities, including Shanghai, has done the same as limiting the number of dogs per household there. There is a new, I love this, and fast-growing trend of employees being offered pet insurance by generous companies. It's uh, employer-sponsored benefit plans that insure the family pet against accidents and illness, just like you would, you know, insure your children. Some 5,000 companies, among them some names you would know, like Microsoft, Yahoo, Xerox, and Hewlett-Packard now offer pet insurance. Uh, sometimes they cover all, sometimes just part of the, the cost in an effort to lure, you know, good employees, talent, and because they want to recognize the strong emotional bonds between people and pets. What a trend that is. And luckily for animal lovers like us, the nation's largest pet insurer says it is a side of the insurance industry that is growing super fast. Devin Wallach had uh, written nine drafts of his commencement speech. He was the valedictorian. And he recited it for his professor. His roommate, he read it for, and he practiced in front of a mirror. He said he'd gone through it thousands of times. But at that point, the 22-year-old, who was about to finish a master's degree in accounting, had not yet been able to rehearse in front of Dexter. And what a change that was. Dexter is an English Springer Spaniel, and he's got these giant white paws, big, soulful brown eyes, and floppy, soft ears that are great at listening to students give speeches. Because so many times in school, college, whatever, you have to give a speech, public speaking, as it prepares you for the world. Well, Dexter is one of eight D.C. area dogs over on the American University Business School's 
campus and their roster of what they call audience dogs. It's a volunteer group of dogs and owners whose main duties are to be attentive and non-judgmental towards university students who are nervous, like most of us are, about public speaking. They say any American university student with a presentation to deliver Feel free to practice. Go ahead and book 30-minute sessions, one at a time, with a dog. All you have to do there is sign a waiver, acknowledging, because the campus is strict, what they call the inherent risks of being near, handling, or walking any pet or animal. But what a great program. Mm, That's awesome. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. Hi, friends. This is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. As you know, going to the vet can be a traumatic experience for your pet, but it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, vet visits can be something your pet looks forward to. Introducing Fear Free. When your veterinarian is Fear Free certified, you will be assured your pet's vet visit is more free of fear, anxiety, and stress than ever before. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified, and it puts the treat into treatment. To find a certified Fear Free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. I believe we have Steve on the line? Yes, you do. Hi, Steve. Where are you calling from today? Well, right now I'm in North Dakota. I'm a truck driver on the road. You're on with Dr. Debbie. Hi, okay. Steve. Hi, Dr. Debbie. Yeah, I was calling to, I, we've, my wife's got a yellow lab. It's a, it's a pretty large yellow lab. It weighs about 90, 95 pounds. Uh, about three, four years ago, it had some, uh, hip problems. And mm-hmm. the doctor that we had, uh, told her to, you know, to give it one glosamine tablet a day. And, uh, we did that. And that really helped with the uh, hip. Now, I noticed the last time I was home, when the dog wanted to, we, we live in a two-story house, when it wanted to crawl up the stairs, it's starting to have problems with that left hip again. And okay. we've always continued with that one tablet, but I was wondering if we could increase that or if there's something else we should look after. Yeah, now, so he's a bigger guy. And, and how old is he? He she picked him up. Uh, he was a rescue dog. Um, I believe that she's had him for maybe seven years, and I, seven I believe years. he was probably close to a year old when we got him. Okay, and uh, overall, throughout throughout his lifetime, has he been a pretty active fella? Has he kept up with that throughout active. his life? Very active. He loves chasing balls and stuff, and uh, whatever he does, he does at full speed. That's how he hip. <laughs> that's how he injured his hip. The first time was chasing a ball down a hill and then trying to put the brakes on and stop. And something he did with his doing that, he uh, injured his hip and was not able to walk for about not without without pain for about uh, a week or two. So that 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 told her, okay. you know, just to keep him quiet for a while. And that and it really was pretty good. But I just noticed the other night, like I said. He isn't complaining or whining or anything when he's crawling the steps, but you can see by the time he's getting to the stop top step, his left leg is, uh, he's starting to, uh, try to, uh, carry that a little bit. Did you take him to the veterinarian? Did they do any x-rays? Has he actually been diagnosed with hip problems? Well, um, see, with me being gone all the time, I, I, she, she took him to the vet, and I, I'm sure they did do the hip, uh, hip or the x-rays. 
And okay. it was recommended that from the do- doctor to start this glucosamine tablet daily okay. with them. Okay. The reason I ask that is there's a lot of other things that we can sometimes misinterpret as hip problems, okay. especially in a very large active dog like a, a Labrador. And hip problems, um, some of the early signs of hip problems that you might see at home would be what we call bunny hopping, where a dog kind of moves their back legs together like a rabbit jumping. Oh, um, and that's okay. um, something we can see actually in very young dogs with hip dysplasia. And then certainly we'll see limping or favoring or slowness getting up or down. But because there are some of these other problems like knee injuries and dogs, oh my gosh, Labradors injure their knee a lot. And it's kind of like a football player type injury. So we just want to make sure we're sure of the type of injury um, because there's different things we might do for those things. Um, But if we are definitively dealing with a uh, hip problem, glucosamine, uh, the supplement that you've uh, you know, mentioned, is definitely one of the first line um, things we can try to help out a pet with osteoarthritis. It is a natural type med- um, supplement and it helps to promote healthy joint fluid. It decreases inflammation and that results in less pain for our pets. Okay. And you mentioned that that worked for him pretty well. How long it have you worked? been on that? Uh, I would say he's been on it uh, about three years, one tablet. Do you, uh, is that enough? Do you feel one tablet a day? It'll definitely depend on the size or the milligram dosage on the glucosamine. For so, for a dog his size, I might want to make sure you're given somewhere between fifteen hundred to two thousand milligrams of glucosamine. Fifteen hundred um, to two thousand. Yeah, and there's different sizes. If you use human forms, they'll come in about 500 milligrams. Some dog products will be in a thousand milligrams. So you just got to make sure you look at the numbers there. It's a dog. And, it's she gets it at uh, one of the uh, pet stores, um, and I I'm thinking it maybe is about a thousand. Yeah. Now, in addition to that, there's a lot of great medications out there to help our pets with arthritis pain. And I would definitely make sure you speak to your veterinarian. There's some really good ones out there, Medicam, uh, Duramax, uh, uh, Rimadil. A lot of these types of medicines can, if if you've already tried the glucosamine, it's helped, but we're kind of losing ground there. You yeah. might want to see about looking into those because those are very helpful for pets that the first tier of the supplements don't quite help them out enough. Um, we have to be cautious good. with that. We want to make sure we follow blood work and make sure the pet's in good health while they're on that. But that might be something that I would really see about doing at this point um, and see if that might help him out a little bit more with his mobility. Well, that sounds good. I will probably try that. Yeah. Now, the other thing I want to ask you, Steve, is um, as far as our weight, um, because we know weight plays a huge factor when we're dealing with any orthopedic problems. So making sure mild, low-intensity exercise, we get that extra fat, <laughs> extra hip weight off these Labradors who tend to be a little thick around the middle, that too well, would be very he important. Isn't overweight at all. He's just a very large dog. In fact, is, you know, if you look at him from the back, looking at his chest and his hip, they're all very proportionate. Uh, there is no widening of the of the body anyway. So he's he's a very proportionate built dog. He's just very large. Well, good. That's good. That's so important. And these guys, they are so active. And, and a lot of these problems, they'll catch up with them at some point. So um, keep them fit, keep them lean. Um, and it sounds like you're along the right path here as far as uh, controlling and managing his uh, discomfort. So I hope that's some help for you, Steve. And uh, thank you so much for calling here today. If anybody else has some questions they want me to field, I'll be happy to take those at one 866 405-8405. This is Dr. Debbie.
We can't tell you why canine caviar is the only alkaline-based dog food, but we can tell you alkaline is proven to minimize the risk of renal failure and pancreatitis, reduce scratching, cellular degeneration, and disease, keeping your furry friend youthful and healthy longer. And those are the reasons we can fit into this short commercial. But by visiting caninecaviar.com, you'll see exactly what we do to make a better food for your dog. Try the one and only alkaline dog food risk-free. Canine Caviar. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. And let's go to Steve. Hey, Steve, how are you? Good, how are you? Very good. Where are you calling from today? Um, Santa Maria, California. Santa Maria, listening on what I believe is KSMX in Santa Maria. Thank you for listening. What's going on? Um, we have a Newfoundland that has been diagnosed with dry eyes. Okay. And so anyway... Um, She's on a medicine now, the uh, cyclosporine, okay. four times a day, and then the um, tacrolimus, um, T-A-C-R-O-L-I-M-U-S, okay. ointment. So she's on that one four times a day, and then she's also on these um, HA.5% um, ortholubricant. Okay. Um, it's hard to keep up with all this. I wanted to see if there was maybe a... A better solution or um, something that we don't have to maybe once or twice a day instead of four times a day? Yeah, no, that, that is a bit frequent, I'll tell you. And so I'm going to back up for a few minutes for our listeners' benefit because when we talk about dry eye, um, it's uh, also known as KCS, uh, keratoconjunctivitis sicca. Um, people get this too. So you see those commercials for people saying, oh, I have dry eye, and you know, you know they, they use their products. So dogs can get this as well, and it can be a couple different causes and I think for for our situation that might be the thing that I would you know want to go back to and cause um, but in dogs it can be caused by an immune dysfunction um, where the tear glands are basically not producing enough of uh, a healthy watery based tear uh, they'll produce more of like a gunky thick uh, discharge um, but but dry eye can also be caused by hormonal problems, um, like a thyroid problem, Cushing's disease. It can be the result of certain drugs that might be used that affect how well the pet forms tears um, after infections. Um, gosh, there's even some nerve-driven um, ones as well. So I think for your dog, that would be maybe the thing that I would look at is say, okay, has that been evaluated as far as the cause of it? Because the two medicines that you're, you're mentioning, cyclosporine and tacrolimus, are two, um, two of the mainstay um, topical drugs that we do use for dry eye. And if we're using them together, and um, I guess the, the question is, uh, I would have, is how well is the disease controlled? Is your eye, dog's eyes comfortable? Do they look clear? Do we have a lot of excessive buildup with those medications on board? Um, no, they actually seem to be working. The, the okay. other thing she's on is she's on the P, Proin, P-R-O-I-N, 75 milligrams. That's, the potty pill. <laughs> Yeah, that's for incontinence. I don't know if maybe that could be affecting the dry eye as well or not. Um, not not necessarily, no, but sometimes more like sulfa-based antibiotics can do it. Some um, non-steroidal pain relievers sometimes have, have done that. As far as I will tell you, the frequency, if your dog's eyes are controlled and we're using those products four times a day, I typically will use those max, you know, two to three times a day. So, you know, I can't say that would be the right choice for your pet, but um, if the eyes are controlled with four times a day, I guess the logic in me says, heck, I'm a busy lady. 
And if your dog's eyes look great, you know, let's drop back to three times a day and see how that goes. Now, the other thing that I was kind of getting at is underlying causes is, you know, making sure that those other things have been investigated and that, you know, we've checked for thyroid problems. Um, you know, we've done a blood panel and checked for anything else hormonal. Because if we're not addressing those things, then we might have to go more heavy-handed on medications to try to get control of um, the disease. Um, and with the situation of um, the nerve-based dry eye, um, there is a medication that we can give in the food um, that helps to stimulate um, the production of the tears, and that can be helpful, but that's only more specifically if it's the neurogenic form of dry eye. So that's where, you know, maybe going back to your veterinarian and saying, hey, would this be, you know, a possibility in, in our pet situation? Now, um, these two drugs here, these two ointments, um, do they pretty much, are, are they pretty much doing the same thing? I mean, could I try one, using one for a while and just see if that helps and without having her on both of them, or yeah, I mean. And again, I'd say in my hands, I, I don't typically use both of those together. I would tend to use one or the other, um, but it would really have to be a severe case that I'd have had to pull both together. Um, but yeah, and, and a lot of veterinarians, you know, my, my standby is to use cyclosporine. Um, there's good and bad with that. Um, I, I, some dogs I find they don't control as well with cyclosporine, so I'll use tacrolimus more as my, um, my, my hard case. I'll, that'll be the tend to be the one that I'll get. But it does have to be compounded, so you have to get it made specially at a pharmacy. Which one would be your for, first uh, go-to to try to treat it? Um, my, my first one I use is cyclosporine. Um, that's the kind of the go-to and there's the different forms of it. There's where it's in an ointment, um, and that's kind of pre-made up by a veterinary drug manufacturer. And then there are, um, you can get compounded, which is basically where, you know, it's compounded into an oil-based, um, product. And that's done through your veterinarian or veterinary compounding pharmacies where they get that specially ordered. Um, but, uh. So it just kind of depends. If the ointments are easy, I just find sometimes ointments are gunky and hard for me to use. Um, my dog's eyes move around and they're moving, so it could be a little bit more challenging. Okay. But, yeah. And, again, I would definitely want you to, to discuss this with your veterinarian to make sure that they're, you know, they haven't said, oh, gosh, at two times a day this is not working. That's why we're using these two together. But I think just having an honest question and, you know, hey, dude, why are we doing this? <laughs> um, I think it, yeah, any veterinarian think- would be fine with that. I think the biggest thing was just to get it under control right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was really how, how, how long ago has he been diagnosed? Um, two months. Oh, okay. So pretty recently then. Yeah. So then if we're, if we're getting control and uh, there's not a lot of scarring on the eyes, because that's the other thing that, you know, we see sometimes with chronic dry eye, it causes um, irritation on the eyes. It can cause ulcers and kind of a brown pigment kind of settling in on the surface of the cornea. And if that happens, we might use those drugs a little bit more aggressively for a little bit longer to try to clear some of that. Okay. That'd be great. Okay. All righty. Very good. Well, thank you for your call. We appreciate it, Steve. Well, thank you very much. Toll free 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the Dream Team right now. And uh, we'll go back to the phones in just a couple of seconds. All dogs should eat a pH-balanced alkaline diet. An alkaline diet reduces health risks and can also reduce scratching, shedding, and hot spots. So does this mean you need to check your dog's pH balance? No, because canine caviar has created the first and only alkaline dog food that is pH-balanced. It also has the highest metabolized calories. What does this mean? Your dog needs to eat less. Get a healthier dog and save money with Canine Caviar products. Find them at your local pet supply store or online at caninecaviar.com. 
Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And welcome back, my friend. The number is one 405 It is a toll-free number. You can call to talk to Dr. Debbie and ask her any question, any veterinary questions. As she occasionally, as we've mentioned before, she'll... Uh, uh, you know, talk human talk. <laughs> you know, she won't. She, so she's not nice. She's not licensed to answer any human questions, but occasionally we'll talk. No. No. <laughs> okay, just about your dog or cat or iguana or you, whatever your animal questions are. Toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. I don't want to go down that road. I almost went. You would have gotten calls about goiters, uh, about all kinds of weird. Yeah, look things. at this mole. <laughs> what is this on my back? Does that ever happen when you, you do oh get Oh my gosh. Really? I, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten flashed. Um, yeah. <laughs> seeing, seeing inappropriate body parts on humans, and I'm like, I really am not authorized to treat a person. I'd suggest seeing your physician. Uh, this hour, we're going to talk to Josh Marino, and he is one of many servicemen that are using animals to help them with PTSD. And uh, we'll hear his story coming up in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Lori, what are you working on for this hour news-wise? Uh, hope you don't mind, but I have decided for all of us that if one of us wins the lottery, we're all moving together okay. to one country that has some some really great animal welfare laws. They just really treat their animals well. Mm. Okay, mm, that's, I want. I'll tell you there. where it is, but just just know that that we might be there in a few years. I don't even care where. I, I just want to be. There. <laughs> uh, I'm playing the lotto, so it yeah, could happen. It could happen. Let's go. Let's go to line two. Toll-free 1-866-405-8405 for Dr. Debbie. This portion of Animal Radio underwritten by VetraScience. Summer's here. You're excited. But for your pet, they may not be as excited. For them, it means thunderstorms, fireworks, lightning, all kinds of noises. Talk about anxiety. No one likes to see their furry best friend all anxious. That's where Composure Supplement Choose from VetraScience comes in. And we go to line three. That's where you come in. Hi, Mike. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing today? Awesome. What's going on in your world? Well, we lost a cat in April, died of jaw cancer. Oh, I'm oh, so wow. sorry. Thank you. And the other cat, that's uh, our Siamese, ever since the other cat passed away, all hours of the night and early morning, just walks around just crying. Mm, okay. Uh, you know, even though, I mean, we have a room we keep the animals and the cats would sleep. Um, the one cat was 32 pounds, so the other one kind of beat up on it some. But they played. But I'm just wondering if the cat's actually mourning missing other cats. Mm, okay. Well, I have a couple other questions for you. So th- your remaining cat right now um, is, how, how old is the kitty? Probably going to be 14 this year. Okay, 14 years old. And um, has anything else changed with the kitty's lifestyle? Um, are we indoor, outdoor? Has any of that changed recently? Uh, no, they're, they were both indoor cats. Um, we moved out of state in March, and, you know, the cat was fine. Loved the new house, running around and everything. Okay. okay. Well, um, normally, um, my answer to that question would be, could your kitty be mourning? And it could be absolutely. 
Um, but you also have a, a senior kitty. And some one of the concern signs that we have when you go into the veterinarian with a senior cat, you know, when we go through our history questions, you know, is there any change in behavior? So nighttime vocalization can be kind of a red flag for some other health problems. So, you know, within just a few months of losing the other cat, yes, it's certainly reasonable we could be mourning um, and that could be manifested with the vocalizing. But the other kind of things that come to mind in an older kitty when we have nighttime vocalizing can be uh, an assortment of things, um, sometimes problems with uh, blood pressure. So hypertension um, can often cause cats to vocalize, older cats to vocalize. Um, we can see problems with um, thyroid disorders, and that can also cause them uh, to be more restless and um, sometimes more vocal. And then the other thing that can often be a case in a, a senior kitty will be that they can go through kind of their version of senility or cognitive dysfunction. And that can show up in a couple different ways, one of them being vocalizing in the middle of the night and kind of wandering and pacing and so forth. But we can also see problems with that where they may um, not not eat and drink really well, um, have a change in their social patterns in the household, um, where, you know, they may sleep really super well during the day, um, but be up at night and, and maybe not be as interactive with the family members. So the challenge that I think you're at is that um, I often like to give people, our callers peace of mind, you know, in, in telling them, yes, I think, you know, it's probably more a behavioral situation. But I think in your case, um, this is going to be very important to check those couple things out with your veterinarian um, before we just rule this out as being um, uh, depression or mourning. And, uh, you know, I would definitely look into that and just, you know, screen those couple things and uh, get a better feel that everything's okay with your kitty. And if it is just morning, then, um, you know, keeping kitty active, doing other things, um, you know, some variety of uh, spice of life can be good. So things like, you know, providing new perching sites, um, new types of uh, ways to look at the outdoors. Um, some cats like interactive toys. Not all the older kitties really dig it, um, but other things, if she likes watching TV or, um, you know, watching kids in the neighborhood play, things like that where she can have something to do. Um, and then making sure that your presence is there and giving lots of affection as well. Okay. So I hope I hope nothing's wrong medically, but you know I think for for her sake, um, you know definitely check that out first before we go into the um, the behavior because there's there's also some behavior medication your veterinarian can prescribe if they do feel that she falls into this other category, whether it's mourning or kind of the senility problem. So there's definitely things that we can use to help minimize those symptoms and try to make her more comfortable and hopefully you sleep better too. <laughs> I don't medicate people, though. I will. Like, I got to go on record. No meds for people. <laughs> Thank you, Mike, for your call. We wish you the best of luck with that. Toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five to talk to Doctor Debbie or Dog Father Joey Villani right now. Hey, Shelley, how are you doing? Great, thanks. What's going on in your world? I got a new kitten, and it won't quit crying. Oh, what? Well, what, what's the situation when the kitten's crying? It, it, it doesn't matter. Well, actually, I got two kittens. It, they're from the same litter, and we got them from the pound, and my daughter has one, and I have one, and they will not stop crying. You know, um, they had an upper respiratory thing, but we took care of all that, and they're still crying. Hmm. Okay, how long ago was that? 
Um, they have had him almost two weeks now, so they just recently got over their illness, but we took him to the vet, and the vet said everything's okay. Hmm, okay. And um, what kind of kitties are they? Any kind of special... Um... Um, she's like a tiger kitty, but her brother looked like a Siamese. Mm, okay, that's what I was looking for. <laughs> so, uh, well, I guess it's kind of hard to, you know, to say without seeing them in action, you know, what the context of this kind of crying is. But the first thing I always ask is, is it an oriental short hair kind of cat, like a Siamese or a related breed? Because they are just naturally little chatterboxes and talk about just about anything. <laughs> they will talk to you up and down, all around, and it's just kind of the way they are. They're very vocal. Um, but I'm also concerned just because if they didn't have an upper respiratory infection, there is certainly the potential that that could still be causing some issues for them. Um, some kind of discomfort in the inner ear areas, um, uh, or even in the sinus area. So, um, I would want to put my little eyeballs on them and maybe even look in their ears to make sure we don't have any kind of changes in there that make me concerned. Um, right. and the thing well, I you know might... what? She shakes her head a lot. So maybe yeah. you're right. Yeah, so I would definitely, you know, see the vet and have them look at that. We may or may not see changes on an otoscopic exam when we look down with the scope, but if we have symptoms relative to that, then I often will use like an anti-inflammatory or at least some kind of pain reliever um, because anyone who's had, a, you know, inner ear infection or pressure in your ear, it, it doesn't feel good. So right. I always would, especially with cats, they don't really often verbalize pain. So, <laughs> so um, you know, if I ever suspect there's pain for a cat, it's always better to assume and treat for what we think could be there rather than just let them go on and, and just hope it goes away. So, yeah, I, I would encourage that and a uh, little pain relief. Okay, because they're driving us crazy. <laughs> well, and I'm, so cute, I'm, and I'm assuming, does it stop when they eat? They're not crying when they're eating, right? Well, no, but... but even when you're petting them, I mean, they they are crying. They're crying all the time. They're really clinging, too. Oh, and how old were they when you got them? Um, they think two and a half months. Okay. Yeah, and so you have so, two together. So that usually that helps to kind of keep some camaraderie and companionship there. Um, but make well, sure you also... Separate. Now, sorry, oh, they're separate okay. now. Okay. Okay. Well, then make sure you do schedule some um, scheduled playtime, just so we don't have boredom and loneliness um, when they're acclimating into their new home and they're no longer with their siblings. Um, there's a lot of time in the day to fill, so um, you know, definitely work on trying to keep this kitty occupied, busy, change the games up. Cats are not dogs, so you got to change like in five to ten minutes. It's a boring game. You got to find a new one. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. but uh, try that too. All right. Thank Thanks, you so Sally. Much. You know, I had a Siamese cat, and they sound like uh, babies when they cry. Mm-hmm. They do. They do. Yeah. they do. Well, go give them a big old hug from all of us, will you? <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thanks for your call. Toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five to reach out to the Dream Team. This portion of Animal Radio brought to you by Vetra Science. Let this summer be stressless with the help of composure from Vetra Science. From Glycoflex to multivitamins, your pets will thank you for Vetra Science supplements. Thanks, Vetra Science, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hey, 
Hey, folks, this is Jackson Galaxy. You're listening to Animal Radio. Please do everyone a favor, spay or neuter your animals today. Those big, scary storms can be terrifying for your pet, and we know that when they're stressed, so are you. Take good care of your buddy with VetraScience Composure. VetraScience Composure helps ease anxiety for pets caused by storms, travel, and owner separation. It won't sedate them, and your pets will love the taste. Also, try our Glycoflex for hip and joint health, as well as multivitamins and probiotics. Find VetraScience supplements at your local pet store, Petco, or your vet. Learn more at VetraScience.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It is Animal Radio. This is where we celebrate that wacky connection with our pets. We love them so much. And uh, this is your show if you love your pets over the top. We all love our animals over the top. If you have questions about them, toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. I have Dr. Debbie to my left who can answer just about any vet medical question. Because she see, you see like uh, ferrets, birds, uh, dogs, cats, of course, fish. What else do you see over there? Um, the only thing I don't really do much anymore is snakes. That's the only thing I don't do. Now, why is that? Is it uh, personal? Uh, just, or just... I'm not necessarily afraid of them. I'm just kind of just... My other doctors love them so much that I haven't <laughs> seen snakes. So I guess that's, that's my enjoyment. Um, I, I love the furry things, i got to say. I mean, I just... I think it's just the snuggle factor that I really enjoy. Not to say that people don't snuggle with their reptiles, because I know some people that love up on their bearded dragons and cuddle with their snakes. And you think I'm kidding? I'm no, serious. They do. It. They dress them up and put little hats on their bearded dragons and little vests, and it's it's quite the thing. You'll find it on the internet. Whether your animal is uh, cuddly or scaly, toll-free 1-866-405-8405 to talk to Dr. Debbie. And if you have a grooming question for Joey Volani, the dog father, same phone number. And you can ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Just a great app to have. Uh, coming up in just a couple of minutes, we're going to talk to Josh Marino. He's a former serviceman. I, I keep saying former. He's not. I think once you're a serviceman, it's like president. You're always a serviceman. Always, yes. Uh, he was hurt in Baghdad. Uh, had a brain injury, and apparently also had PTSD. And what saved his life? Wouldn't you believe a little kitten saved his life? And we'll talk to him and find out that whole story in a few minutes. I hear these stories all the time uh, of of animals that are saving people's Mm -hmm. lives, giving them purpose. Uh, As I've mentioned before, animal radio itself would not exist without uh, the existence of Boob, the studio stunt cat, uh, who's up in uh, catnip heaven right now. But without him, Animal Radio wouldn't have started. And I think we've helped a lot of animals in uh, the last 17 years that we've been on the air. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, hopefully your animal is saving your life and and is important to you in your life. Uh, We're going to do a quick check on the news in about 10 minutes with Lori Brooks, who is a savior herself. She has so many Mm -hmm. animals. Uh, she's a bulldog rescuer, aren't you? It's mostly bulldogs, right? Yeah, bulldogs. And we're now, there's a feral cat, well, supposedly feral, who's been hanging around. Oh, really? And trying to decide what to do with her. She's the sweetest thing in the world, but she has her left ear tipped. Oh, doesn't that mean that they were uh, neutered Altered, or yeah. Wrapped, neutered, and returned, yeah. And there you go. No. So, yeah, it's, it's a, that's a tough one. So you don't know if you're going to actually bring the cat into the house or... 
You just don't know yet. Uh, she would like to come into the house, but I, I think that she's so friendly that somewhere along the way she became accustomed to people. Oh. I, because why, why would you, you know, tip a cat, tip a cat's ear for that? But she's a, she's a, an interesting story. I, I've named her Diane when she comes around. So <laughs> I'll keep you posted. Um, I'm going to tell you about this. Uh, remember in the old days, Hal, we would talk about, oh, we would say, like, you know, a bad radio station you start to work for. They get new people, and, and suddenly it's the worst-to-first situation, right? Uh-huh. Yep, yep. Okay. This is kind of the same story for a dog. In the worst situation, flunks out of training, but finds himself the best job of a lifetime. Mm, I cannot wait for that story. No, I can't. Seriously, I can't wait. Can you tell us now? <laughs> you better. Okay, okay, we'll wait for that. That's just around the corner right here on Animal Radio. And let's go to Sandy. Hey, Sandy. Hi. How are you today? I'm surprised. <laughs> what? <laughs> We're here waiting to hear from you. We're a bunch of pet lovers all wanting to all wanting to chat with you. It says up here you have a few cats. You love cats, huh? Yes, I've been a rescuer for a long time. How many cats do you uh, have you rescued, and how many were foster failures? <laughs> oh, you never say that. Um, I don't know. I don't. I've never kept track over the years. Seventeen was the most I ever had at one time. I'm down to five. You you say you're down. Are you not bringing any more in? Is that the deal? Or uh, yes, I'm. You get you get too many, and you can't take care of them all properly. You have to realize your limitations. Yeah, I, I had to learn the hard way. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a cat guy. I love the cats. The vet so these... get to where you're making the vet's house payment. <laughs> oh, golly. So, Sandy, obviously you're very drawn to cats. Uh, do you have um, a special bond with them, or what is it about kitties that, that particularly you, you adore? Well, I happen to like all animals. In fact, we came home today, and the neighbor's dog is out, and he's sitting here on the sofa with us right now because they're not home. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. Cats are just really special. We speak the same language, I guess. Where do you live? I live in Paso Robles. Oh, oh just California. down the street. Yeah. Just down the street yes, from us. I was surprised from Mora Bay. That's yes, right. that's where our studios are. Did you hear our interview a couple of weeks back with Thomas McNamee, The Inner Life of Cats? Yes, and I was crying so much. I don't know why. It just was. It was so emotional to me, and I just started crying. <laughs> well, you liked his interview, and I actually have one of his books right here. I'd like to send it to you if that's okay. I'd really like that. It's The Inner Life of Cats, The Science and Secrets of Our Mysterious Feline Companions. And yeah. I will send it off to you, okay? And I thank you so much for listening to Animal Radio. I love it. Hold on one second. Judy's going to get all your information, and feel free to call anytime. We love hearing from anybody anywhere across the country. Toll free at 1-866-405-8405. Well, this healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals cat food for dogs and cats, always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. Visit them over at redbarninc.com. And thanks so much, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. 
Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten-free. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. When it comes to choosing a password online, well, uh, hopefully you don't pick a special date and a pet's name because that is just way too easy to hack. Uh, Behavioral Biometrics Company has done some research on this because it's their business. And they say the answer to finding a secure password is naming your pet. A weird name is something incredibly unique after you do some history research of your own. So they say if your password is max seven dollar sign after your cat, well, you are not alone because uh, you are just putting yourself at risk of identity theft and other cyber crimes because apparently the cat name and a number and a special character is pretty common. Using special dates, you know, names of children or pets can make it so easy for hackers or snoopers who follow you to get access to your online accounts. So in order to help you choose a more secure password than your average pet name, they thought about giving your pets more unusual names. This behavioral biometrics company called Behaviosec, like behavioral security, teamed up with an animal charity to give five adoptable pets hacker-proof names that they say are easy to remember. These names were inspired by historical or religious or uh, even mythological sources usually from ancient cultures anywhere around the world. So that makes them both hard to hack and easy for kids to shorten into something. Uh, a couple of examples that, you know, they came up with, hacker-proof names. Scala Grimson, all one word, S-K-A-L-L-A-G-R-I-M-S-S-O-N. And this cat that they named Scala Grimson, they call her Scala and is actually named after a Viking warrior poet. Hmm. Who would have thought? Hmm. All I know is you just actually said my password on the air, which was <laughs> max dollar sign seven. That's exactly right. Get rid of it, Hal. <laughs> Switzerland is a, a pretty small country, but it's still pretty uh, liberal and aggressive. They have an estimated seven million pets living there. And that doesn't even include the farm animals. The Swiss have a, a long history of improving the working and living conditions of animals, including, uh, you might remember this, some landmark legislation. That was back in 1992 when the Swiss became the first to include animal rights in their constitution. And then in 2008, Switzerland introduced a ton of new animal rights legislation that went beyond that. And uh, with that in mind, here are some of the more interesting laws now that Switzerland has put in place to improve the lives of animals. So um, let's check them out. Guinea pigs, they say, must live with other guinea pigs or have regular play dates with other guinea pigs. Somehow they have to have contact and socialization with another guinea pig. 
Now, if a, a cat doesn't have a feline companion at home, it must be able to go outside in order to socialize, or at the very least in Switzerland, be able to see other cats from a window in its home. Parrots and goldfish in Switzerland are believed to be social creatures and cannot live without a mate of the same species. Uh, dogs owned by the Swiss have to be exercised daily according to what their need is, and they have to be exercised off-leash as well. I thought this was interesting. Dogs that are tied up, which oh, just kills me, don't like that at all, but they say they must be able to run around freely, not tied up, for at least five hours a day. And then the rest of the time, they've got to be able to move around in at least a 200-square-foot open area. Mm. Now, clipping the ears of uh, or tails, ears or tails of pets, is against the law in Switzerland. And also, this is probably the best one. Before bringing, I know, I know that all of you in this room, in your studios here, have said this at one time or another. Uh, in Switzerland, before bringing a dog into a home, a person must provide a certificate of competence showing that they know how to deal with and treat dogs. And if they can prove that they've already had a dog, that's, you know, good enough. It's, it's kind of like getting your driver's license when you're a teenager. You have to take that big test the very first time. Then you get your skills built up and you're ready for the world. Mm. Pretty cool, though, huh? I love Switzerland. If they'd move that whole country a little further south, I'd move, I'd be there in a second. <laughs> I agree. And uh, Gavel is a young German shepherd, and apparently I would love to meet this dog. He may not have passed his police dog training school program, but he did end up finding a role more suited to his talents in the Australian government. Trainers over there said that Gavel did not display the necessary aptitude for a life that they described as being on the front line, apparently because he loved making friends and meeting new people so much that he just got all excited and happy rather than treating them like they might be, you know, potentially law-breaking criminals. Gavel was just too friendly. Still, his handlers knew that this was a special dog, and they wanted to put his social skills to good use in another way. So they contacted the government. That's when the governor of Queensland, Australia, agreed to take him in, and Gavel became the vice-regal dog. Pretty nice title, huh? <laughs> his uh, duties are to greet the governor's guest and pose for photo opportunities, and the staff there loves him. You know, some things are meant to be. Mm-hmm. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. Hi friends, this is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. As you know, going to the vet can be a traumatic experience for your pet, but it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, vet visits can be something your pet looks forward to. Introducing Fear Free. When your veterinarian is Fear Free certified, you will be assured your pet's vet visit is more free of fear, anxiety, and stress than ever before. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified, and it puts the treat into treatment. To find a certified Fear Free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hi, Terry. How are you? 
good. How you doing? Very good. Where are you? I'm driving through Nashville. Nashville. Well, say hi. <laughs> hi. Okay. There you go. <laughs> I'm from Dallas, though. <laughs> how, how can we help you out today? Well, I've got a male cat. I got at the shelter about six years ago, and uh, he's been in the house the whole time. He doesn't go outside, and I was thinking about getting another kitten. And mm-hmm. wasn't sure how that would go. Okay. Never really has he been, been by himself all? Has he been a soul, yes. soul cat all this time? Yes. Okay. So, so you're thinking of sure. getting. So you're thinking of getting another kitten or a cat or one or more yeah. than. Just a, just another kitten. I was so I was thinking go to the shelter to get another one, but mm-hmm. I w- wasn't sure how how he would react or what would be the best way to go about doing that. Okay. Um, well, the the biggest thing that I'd say is we're going to go young. Uh, the best way to acclimate a new cat into the home is really to get um, a younger one, one that um, we can kind of ask them to take your other kitty as um, big brother um, so that he'll fit into the, the kitty household. So um, I'd say look for maybe a kitten or just a, a young um, adult cat, and um, that would be your best bet. Um, for male cats, I... I have had two male cats my own. Um, uh, many people believe that to get a male and a female, that you'll get a better combination, a little happier household. But I think a lot of it goes down to the individual personality of the cat. Um, and uh, depending on what your kitty's personality is like now, um, sometimes finding a, a friend to frolic with um, just brings out all that uh, energy, and they can really thrive and really enjoy having a good companion. So I'd go young cat or kitten and perhaps maybe look at a female if uh, if you're looking forward to get a, a boy-girl situation there. Well, I've always liked male cats better for some reason. They always seem to be, I don't know, easy going. He's just a, he's just a big old baby. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, that's what I wanted to do. I, I went to the shelter about every day for a couple of weeks looking for kittens. And I, I think I'd much rather have a kitten and a uh, male well, kitten. I consider a female, you know. Yeah, and I've had I've had two male cats, and so I'm I'm kind of with you. Um, you know, I just I love the dynamics. They were such good boys, and I I've really enjoyed that. But yeah, I'd say you know look for the younger one and uh, introduce slowly. Um, we don't want to kind of overwhelm either cat, so you know start the young one off gradually, and uh, I would make sure that you know your your cat stays top cat, and you respect that. So when you introduce the new one, um, you know we're going to restrict her environment or his his or her environment environment and kind of gradually work up that introduction so that hopefully we won't ruffle any fur for your current right. kitty friend. <laughs> so yeah, so great. make it a, ni- a nice, slow, gradual kitty transition. And and thank you for considering adoption. So many people can save a life by adopting a cat, young, old, whatever. So yes, I encourage you, Terry, let's get your kitty a friend. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio, one 405 8405 You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, this is Elaine Boozler on Animal Radio. Stay new to your pets and some of your exes. 
this week celebrating the best of British, you'll get an awful lot for your money with the new Jaguar XF. Starting from $48,000, it offers a performance four-cylinder diesel or a choice between a 340 horsepower and a 380 horsepower supercharged V6. Completely redesigned, it has an optional infotainment system that features in-control in-touch pro that can text home automatically using your GPS system to let your loved ones know when you'll arrive. Those stakes will be perfect. For our autoexpert.com, I'm Nick Miles. Maderma introduces fast-absorbing multi-purpose quick-dry oil with a unique blend of botanicals and oils to help improve the look of skin, scars, and stretch marks. Own your skin. Get new Maderma quick-dry oil. Save $3. See your Sunday paper. This is Animal Radio. Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. And if you're like me, my pet saved me. My pet, really, my pet uh, changed my life. And it, in fact, without my pet, without Boog or the Studio Cats, Animal Radio would not exist. That's true. To this day. He gave you direction. He did give me a lot of direction. And this mm-hmm. next gentleman we're going to talk to, also an animal saved him. Sort of a mutual rescue thing going on. We have Josh Marino joining us. Hi, Josh. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing just fine. Will you tell our listeners your story about Scout? Well, the story goes all the way back to, I'd say, probably around the winter of 2008. Um, I was deployed with the U.S. Army from uh, 2007 to 2008. During my deployment in Iraq, I actually was wounded by an insurgent mortar attack, which caused a traumatic brain injury. And the rest of my time spent over there is uh, kind of traumatic itself. I actually developed uh, PTSD. When I came home, I uh, kind of brought the war home with me. And uh, that's something that can be said about a lot of the guys that are coming coming back from war. We don't really know what we're going to do with the experiences that we had, and uh, some people just don't know how to process it. And I was one of those people. I didn't know how to process it. I was dealing with a lot of people who were telling me to suck it up and drive on, and other people that were telling me that it just wasn't something that they could see, so there wasn't anything wrong with me. Mm-hmm. So wow. after dealing with that kind of adversity for so long eventually it just it wore me down it got me to the point where i was ready to take my own life and i'd actually i actually wrote up a a suicide letter on my computer and i printed a copy out set it on my desk and i had prepared the method of taking my own life and i wanted to just go outside and smoke one last cigarette and go inside and take care of it but i went outside i sat down on the barrack steps out back and in the rain with a cigarette in my mouth Thinking about the, the worst part of my life, all of a sudden there was a little tiny meow underneath the bushes right to my right. And <laughs> that's this little little tiny black and white tuxedo kitten. Wow. And he happened to be one of the strays that was living underneath our barracks in the boiler room. And he had a whole litter of uh, brothers and sisters that joined him. But that one little cat, he always kept on coming back to me. Every day I would come outside and I'd give him some food and he'd come running over and jump up on my lap. So it was like in the stroke of a second, all of a sudden, my life was saved by a most unexpected source. Mm. And all of a sudden, I had purpose again. I had a reason to keep on going. Wow. And that was to take care of him. But uh, to take care of him. The, the story gets even more intriguing, doesn't it? It does. A couple of months after I had first met this little guy, I came back to the barracks to take care of him again. I'm looking around. I couldn't find him anywhere. And I came to find out that the uh, animal control officers, they come around to each one of the barracks that had the stray cats and had uh, taken all of them down oh. for, oh, I don't I, I at the time I didn't know where they were all going. And at that time I was, I was pretty well shook up over it. But, you know, over the months since I had 
first met this little cat, you know, he gave me that confidence to keep going and to pursue what I really needed to do. And I had struck up this great conversation with this girl that I knew from high school, and one thing led to another, and eventually we were we were an item. We were going out. And uh, on uh, Memorial Day of 2009, she came out to Fort Riley, where I was stationed, to visit me, and we were moseying about the, the post on a, on a nice hot weekend, and we decided we wanted to go swimming, so we had to go to the PX to get ourselves a bathing suit. And uh, as we were walking up there, we noticed that there was an adopt-a-thon going on. And mm-hmm. my wife, who had just a couple of years prior lost one of her favorite cats, she wanted to see if there was a cat in there that was a, a spicy female, you know, something to, to take home with her. And uh-huh. I, I obliged. So we, uh, we walked on in there, and I didn't get about, like, three feet down this, this aisle of carriers on the other side of me before this little black-and-white paw shoots out through one of the carrier doors and starts smacking me in my arm. Oh, no. I looked, I looked inside, and it was, you know, it's a couple months later, but it was the same cat, only a little bit bigger. What are the odds? My voice, and it, you know... They are stellar. They are stellar odds. You know, some things were meant to be. And I pulled that little guy out of the carrier right then and there, and I, I demanded to, to adopt him. Awesome. Wow, you should see the big dumb smile I have on my oh. face right now. I think <laughs> that's the best. Yeah, I was going to say, I got story. goosebumps. <laughs> so you wow. took the cat home and named him Scout, right? That's right. We, uh, we were on our way back to the barracks that day, and this little guy is bouncing around on the center console right in between me and my, at the time she was my fiance. But, uh... We, we made it back to the barracks, but on our trip back, we passed by one of the, the statues of uh, Fort Riley, the 1st Infantry Division. And it was a cavalry statue, and I looked at it, and I was like, you know, I was bouncing around the idea of calling this cat Ian, you know, Ian, Ian Fleming, because he's wearing a tuxedo. He's like James Bond. Why not? But then I saw this, this statue, and I realized that this little guy, he was looking out for me, so he was going to be my scout. And that's just where it stuck. Mm. That's such an awesome story. And now you uh, you you help other soldiers, don't you? I uh, my experience with the military and with other veterans, as well as my experience with Scout. I like to think that Scout had a a pretty big paw in putting me on the path I'm on today. You know, I I had a very dark period in my life, and I was able to get through it. And I see my purpose right now is to helping other veterans who are in those dark times to see if they can't get through it too. Do you ever recommend any animals for them? I do all the time. I'm going to encourage listeners to check out your video, and we'll put a link over at animalradio.pet, about mutual rescue. Mutual rescue is still putting out a call to anybody else that has any stories like this, any story where uh, an animal turned out rescuing the person that rescued them. And the website is mutualrescue.org, mutualrescue.org. If you're driving along right now, I don't expect you to write everything down. In fact, don't, because I want you to focus on the road, because everything is over at the website at animalradio.pet, everything you hear on today's show. Josh, you're awesome. I salute you. Thank you so much for coming on the show with us today. You're more than welcome. Thank you all for having me. Thank you. Wow, it just flew by again. You know, we get in here, we do this two-hour show, and it is amazing how fast it flies by with all of your calls and all of this conversation about our furry little animals and our scaly animals. I'm going to go take mine out for a walk right now. I encourage you to download the Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. It is a free download. It doesn't cost you a penny, and you can ask your questions of Dr. Debbie or Joey Villani anytime you want. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. This is Animal Radio Network.